established. So you want to be a podcaster. Our mission is to encourage and equip you for excellence in podcasting. Your hosts are Andrew Rappaport, host of the Rap Report and Apologetics Live, and executive director of the Christian Podcast Community. Together with Colleen Sharp, host of Theology Gals and chief administrator of the Christian Podcast Community. You know, Colleen, I gotta say that Austin and Mikkel did an excellent job on that intro. Just saying, for the record. Yeah, it's it, and he's got such a great podcasting voice, really. He does, and 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 Mikkel does some great stuff with the music. But that's okay. So that's we 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 wanted to start off today talking about the issue of building an audience. This is kind of like marketing your podcast. Because you want your podcast being out there, being heard. So today we're going to talk about building an audience. We're going to talk about making a podcast that people want to listen to. Be realistic about it. Get your name out there. And we're going to talk about advertising. And all of that is going to be coming up soon. But Colleen, don't you have a review for us? Yes. I. Some of it is personal to this gal, but I'm going to read part of it. She says... I'm so happy to hear your new podcast with Andrew. Wonderful resource. I was also excited to find out about the Christian podcast community. And she goes on to say how much it's it's helped her because we talked about microphones. She talks about how she had first just bought a cheap microphone. Now she has considered one that we recommended and just learning about RSS feeds. And it's a great resource. I kind of wish this podcast were around when I started. So I could have learned. Yeah, I do too. I mean, and the thing I just love, uh, we were talking about this before we started recording. I just love the ability to have this here. So when people keep asking us the same questions over and over, we can say, here, go to this link. I, I had a, a feedback from someone that was more over the phone, but I had someone that called me up and said that he listened to our episode on co-hosts and he has a co-host. He said, I never even thought about things like ownership and having contracts and all the things that I never even thought of those things. The things you guys think of, I wish I had that before we got started. And I said, well, it's not too late. (laughs) Well, and I think like with co-hosts, people think it's my best friend though. Well, why don't you go and ask like Blueberry or Libsyn how many times co-hosts break up? You know, because they get in some little argument and they don't know who owns it. And I know Blueberry has said on their show, they don't get involved in those things. You know, we're not going to get in the middle of your of your co-host battles. And so it's important to know that even, you know, even though we plan to remain on good terms with our co-hosts, it's just wise, I think. Kind of like a marriage. No one goes to the wedding day planning to break up. Right. Well, there are some people that, well, we'll try this out. <laughs> then you're really doing But there are people that have prenuptials signed just in case. This so, all right. <laughs> we, you know, the last several episodes, by the way, we are on episode nine. So what does that mean, Colleen? That means we are officially past the average of most podcasts. In other words, the average of most podcasters, they give up at episode eight. So we're officially beyond the average point where most people stop. And so on the several episodes leading up to this, I have been doing so much of the talking because it's been more technical type stuff. So it is time for me to shut up and we're going to have Colleen do most of the talking because we're going to talk something that she knows quite a bit about. So we're going to talk about building an audience, something every podcaster wants to do. Well, okay. To be honest, well, most I, of us hope, don't want to do. So. I mean, let's be honest. We do a podcast because we think people will want to listen to us talk. But we don't want to do the marketing. That's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to. We have to get it out there because this is, whether people realize it or not, this is what's called a publish subscribe type of model. So we put it out there and people have to subscribe to that, which, by the way, we're going to give a, a footnote here. We're trying to get away from the term subscribe for podcasters. I forget the person who wrote the article. Someone wrote a really good article saying that to people who don't know the podcasting lingo, subscribe, they typically think it means they got to pay for it. I think I'm going to start saying subscribe for free so that if they see a subscribe button, they know it's free. But we really want to talk about followers or downloads or listeners. 
So how do you get them? Because they have to go and find you. And so that's what we're going to talk about first. So Colleen, first up, make a podcast that people want to listen to. You know, I will tell you, we're going to give you lots of tips on this episode and you could do all of them and do them perfectly. But if you don't have a podcast that people want to listen to, you're not going to get followers or listeners. And so go back and listen to our earlier episodes because we talked about things like what makes you different than similar type podcasts and theology gals were a little bit different then there's lots of podcasts of two people sitting around talking reform theology. But Theology Gals is a little different. Because you're girls. Right, exactly. And we also talk some women's issues and we have male listeners, but we are a little bit different. And I think that that has definitely helped our growth. And so what may, if there's, if you're doing a podcast on dog breeding, and there's 52 pod and you're doing you're not just doing a podcast on dog breeding you're doing a podcast on breeding golden retrievers and there's already 52 podcasts i'm making this up there probably isn't but 52 podcasts on breeding golden retrievers why is someone going to choose your podcast over the other 52 so what makes you different why do people want to listen and who is your audience and you have to consider those things when you're doing a podcast who is your audience and what does your audience want you you need to find ways to engage with your audience we get a large portion um, at theology house we get a large portion of our topics from things that are suggested from our audience. So I know a lot of times you'll hear people talking about engaging with your audience. That's why you want to engage with your audience so that they want to come back. And, and you on your show talk things only that girls would care about, like managing money. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, the, we, I can almost tell some of our episodes are going to get more listens than others. Sometimes when we talk about, you know, when we did a whole episode on just the second commandment, it's probably not going to be our most popular episode, but we did get many suggestions for it. So you're also going to have to expect that. Okay, hold on. For for the unbelievers and and non-Christians that are listening, what in the world's the second commandment? Yeah, well... And we don't want to get too theological here, but from my perspective, it's um, a part of the moral law. It's part of the Ten Commandments. So we might do a, a whole episode just talking about one commandment, which some people are probably thinking, what could you possibly say, you know, for a whole hour about just one of the commandments? So you can go check that episode out if you're curious. But then we might do an episode like we did recently on finances that really is going to apply to a broader audience. I mean, our episode on finances, even if you aren't a Christian, you're going to learn from it. It wasn't even specifically Christian. It was just about being wise with your money. And so you have to consider things like that and also not get disappointed if you have an episode. Sometimes if we do an episode about, uh, we our most popular episode ever is when we reviewed the most popular Christian book in 2018. And or most popular Christian book for women in 2018. That was our most popular episode. And we knew that a lot of people would tune in to that. And so you're, you'll notice that some episodes are going to get more numbers than others, but you also don't want to focus on those numbers too much. So one of the things though, Colleen, like when you say about what makes your podcast different, you may have the same content that everybody else has, but sometimes it's, it's the chemistry between a co-host, the, the co-hosts on a show. I mean, I, I'm thinking of some shows like Voice of Reason Radio, um, Just Thinking, they're saying similar things, maybe that others are doing. The, uh, theology driven would be another. Where the the one thing that really sets those guys apart is the chemistry between all the co-hosts. And there is a level that I think people like. There's some people who really enjoy all the banter. Some people who just they want content. Just forget the banter. But there are people, and like the shows that I just mentioned, where the banter is just the right level that it it pulls people in to want to listen to the content, and they have a really good mix of it. And so sometimes what sets you different is just that. It's the chemistry between you and your co-hosts. You know, a lot of times people will say about Theology Gals, they'll say, I feel like I'm sitting around the table with you guys. 
And that's a good goal to have to that someone, uh, one person said to me, I think I'm the third co-host of Theology Gals, <laughs> you know, and you want people to feel at home when they're listening to you and t- you want them to feel like they're welcome. You don't, we talked earlier, if you have a bunch of inside jokes that nobody knows, and uh, there was a podcast I listened to, and I almost felt like I'd walked into a conversation that I wasn't welcome to be a part of. You know, it's felt like they were in their own little world and not really considering their audience. And these are all things you need to consider. That's right. Okay, so we just mentioned on the idea of make a podcast that people want to listen to. The next point that we want to talk about, Colleen, is be realistic. This is important. People, we've got the Christian Podcast Community Group, and I've become friends with several people in there. And I know one person said to me, I I put out my podcast and I just thought people would tune in to listen. And I'm getting 50 downloads a week. And I'm discouraged and, or I've been doing this for a while and I'm discouraged and you want to, you want to be careful. Sometimes the reason why your numbers may not be growing is maybe you're just not getting yourself out there. And we'll talk about ways to do that in a minute, but there's a lot of things or, or talk to the people that are listening. How can I improve? But you don't want to obsess about the numbers too much because it can take time to grow. I, I know some people, they'll put on an episode and they'll check their numbers every hour. Don't do this. You're going to drive yourself crazy if you obsess too much about the numbers. You know, I like how David Jackson from the School of Podcasting says it. You, you have 120 downloads and you're, you're like, oh, I just wish there was more. I, I wish there were so many more people listening. If you had 120 people in the room and you were speaking to them, would you think that's a good thing? Many of us would love to be sitting in a room with 120 people that we could speak to, and we wouldn't complain about that. We'd actually be glad. Think of it that way. That's a great point. Great point. As far as obsessing about the numbers, it's kind of like our weight. If you're checking your weight every day, you're seeing it go up and down and up and down. It's when you're looking at it on a weekly basis and seeing it over time that you really see the difference. So if you're checking it all the time, well, first off, let me ask you this. What's your podcast really about then? Are you, is it really about the numbers or is it about the content? If you're about the content, those numbers aren't as important. They're important, but they're not as important. And, and you have to keep in mind, and we're going to get this later when we talk about getting your name out there and advertising, because we have to understand the way podcasting works. Like I said earlier, it's a published subscribe system. You put it out there, but people have to subscribe to it. If they don't know it exists, they're not going to subscribe. So you have to get it out there, but then you have to get people to know about it. And if you're not doing that part of it and you're obsessing about the numbers, then there's a reason your numbers may not be going up. They need to know about it. So let me um, talk about slow and steady growth. Most podcasts are not going to take off like the popular podcast serial and get hundreds of thousands of downloads every week. That's, that's unrealistic. It's just not what most podcasts do. But I'll tell you specifically about my Theology Gals podcast, which has done pretty well. We, we grew in the beginning quite a bit, and we had reasons why we did grow initially, but then we kind of plateaued and we just kind of stayed. But then after our first year, we began to grow again. And our second year, we got twice as many downloads as we had gotten the first year. And we've continued to grow. And so one thing you need to remember is that someone might not discover you until episode 30, but they're going to go back and listen to old episodes. So on any given day, we have multiple debt. Theology Gals has multiple downloads on every episode because people will go back. So those old episodes, maybe you only get 50 downloads that first month, but that number will continue to grow. And the slow and steady, like Andrew was saying, you know, don't check your numbers too often, but sometimes you can see that there is a steady growth. Like Andrew, I think you should talk about the growth of the Christian podcast community. Well, we've been growing on a pretty regular rate, about 30% every month over month. And when we look at it, 
we've seen sometimes there's more, sometimes less, but we've seen just every month a little bit more, a little bit more, and it, it averages to about 30%. Sometimes it's 50, sometimes we've had in the teens, but generally we're we're growing, but we're not doing things to try to get overwhelming numbers right away. Now, one of the things people do, and we're going to talk about this on a future episode about ethics, but clickbait is one of the ways a lot of people get a lot of downloads right away. And that works sometimes to get lots of numbers. It also works against you because what happens is you lose those numbers. Once people start recognizing, hey, this is just clickbait, you lose the respect of your audience. And so, yes, you may get quick numbers, but what you do to get quick numbers can also result in quick losses of numbers and you'll never get those back. So it's better to do things right, go slow and over time, get that steady growth. You know what? There was a podcast like that where they had these great clickbait titles. And so I you know, fell into it <laughs> the first time I clicked and I was looking, I, I was kind of fast forwarding, waiting for the part where they, they talked about this thing and, uh, you know, and then I'm like, well, it's not the title really misrepresented what they actually talked about here. And then it happened again. I saw another one of their titles and I did it again. And I, I think I did it three times. And finally, I'm like, okay, I'm not wasting my time on this podcast anymore. Are you referring to my titles, how Colleen Sharp became a millionaire overnight? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to listen to that one. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. I never explained it in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one of your goals is that you want people to follow you and listen again. You know, they're going to tune in once and are they going to want to listen to more episodes? Are they going to want to go back to the beginning and binge listen to all of your episodes? And if, you know, you have a clickbaity title or it's or it misrepresents what it's about, or maybe there's other reasons that turn people off. But your goal is for people to say, I want to listen to that again. You know, I enjoyed listening to this. The other thing is not everyone will like your podcast. Um, and I'll give an example. Somebody wrote an iTunes review that we just, that theology gals just didn't go deep enough in theology. But you know that I get so often messages from women that say, you guys explain things in easy to understand ways. And so, you know what? Some people are not going to like us and that's okay. And some people are not going to like your podcast. It's not going to be their cup of tea, but there hopefully will be a lot of people that will. And I think what people have to realize is it is not going to be one thing that's going to suddenly get you downloads. It's going to be many small things. Focus on doing those small things really, really well, and that slow, steady growth will be there. But if you're trying to do the one big thing to get downloads on this episode and next episode, one big thing, you're going to be looking for gimmicks, and people are going to pick up on that. So yeah. focus on there's the small no, things. There's few, there's just like the, you know, ads you see on Facebook, you can make a million dollars by this time next year. I mean, it's... It's just probably not true. If somebody tells you how you're going to be able to grow your podcast just quickly and, you know, just be careful with stuff like that. As Andrew said, I'm a big believer from my own experience that it is lots of little things that contribute to the growth. So we talked about making a podcast people want to listen to, being realistic, especially when it comes to your numbers. Let's talk about getting your name out there, Colleen. How do we do that? Well, social media is the obvious place to start. If you're just starting out, you don't have much money to, to work with. Social media is going to be the best thing. Uh, so I'll tell you about Theology Gals, just because that's my example, the podcast that I've been able to grow fairly well. 
I don't like Instagram. And so I will tell you, if you like Instagram, that is a great place to market your podcast, but don't look to Theology Gals as an example because it's probably been nine months or a year since we've posted there. Uh, my first co-host did the Instagram and I'm just, I think maybe I'm just too old to like Instagram or understand it or something like that, but I am just not good at Instagram. Twitter is a place that I did market my podcast. And when I started the Theology Gals um, Twitter account, I started off by following people that may be interested in the podcast, you know, and that's one thing you want to do. Find similar type podcasts and follow who they follow or follow who follows that podcast. And so you, you start off by doing that and engaging. Uh, I think that I have a personal Twitter account, which I engage a lot more. So you just kind of have to figure out um, on Twitter how much you're going to engage and, and just find ways to grow, grow your Twitter. I mean, you're going to, You'll grow your Twitter more if you engage more. That's definitely true. And then also, you can also remind your listeners to follow you on Twitter and Facebook. And so Facebook is really the biggest area that we have marketed. And so there's a few options on Facebook, or two primary options on Facebook. And that is, you want to start a Facebook page. So a page is public for everyone to see. You can invite your friends to like the page. So that's something that you can do right from the start when you do your page. And on your page, it don't just put an occasional episode um, and you do want to do that, but it's also good to, uh, we're going to talk in a little bit about making graphics, but you, you want to do things that people will share and see they're from your page. So if you're ABC podcast and you may, you know, put a great quote and it's something that people are going to want to share and you have your logo on the graphic. And so you're getting your name out there with that. There's several things that you can post on, on your page. Now, the big thing for theology gals, and a lot of people ask me about it is our Facebook group. And our Facebook group has almost 5,000 women. So even though our podcast has a lot of male listeners, our group is only for women. We even had to block Andrew from it. It was an accident. (laughs) Yeah, he says he accidentally requested to join. So, but let me talk about the Facebook group for those interested. It, It is a lot of work. And so if you choose to start a Facebook group, especially if you do some of the things to try to join, to grow that group, you want to have a team of people to help with it. And so we have uh, several admins and moderators that, that help kind of run the group because for me, there's different kinds of groups out there. I wanted a very um, tightly moderated group and we were going to be kind of picky, but this is the big thing on how we grew and continue to grow is I didn't make page just called Theology Gals Podcast Group. That's not it. I actually made it in such a way that it would be marketed to any woman interested in Reformed theology. And so a lot of women joined our group not knowing about the podcast. And we allow lots of discussion in there. So there's only a small percentage that is about the podcast We have all sorts of questions in there. And so if you really want to join the group, if you really want to grow a group, you can't use, generally speaking, unless you've got a very popular podcast, you're probably not going to be able to grow it to be a very active, large group if it's just called ABC Podcast Group. Um, Because then that kind of says, oh, I guess you have to listen to this podcast to go. So ours doesn't even have podcasts in the title. Our Our group is called Theology Gals, Reformed Ladies, Discussion and Encouragement. And so people think Theology Gals, they're, you know, it's just a group of women, but then they learn about the podcast and it's turned into a very, very active group. You know, you and I are in a group that has over 20,000 people in the group. And it really started because of someone that was doing a podcast and they created a group that kind of went along with the podcast, but it wasn't, as you said, wasn't marketed specifically for the podcast. And they've really, they stopped the podcast. They don't podcast anymore, but the group still continues. But they really had a, a big following 
in the group, which led to the following on the listens to the podcast. You know, you mentioned Twitter. And one of the things about Twitter that you have to do is you have to constantly be engaging. As you said, it doesn't always have to be about your podcast, but be responding to what others are saying, be putting things out there just on a regular basis. And what you see is that people will notice that you're constantly out there and they see your name and they start to recognize your Twitter handle with things they agree with. And then they will start following you and start looking at other things that you're saying. So don't try to be provocative. Don't try to create drama because there are people that will do that. And yes, that gets attention, but that always, doesn't always get good attention. And a lot of times what it gets is people may follow you, but they're following you to see what to be a, a, avoid. So be constructive when you're on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, you want to be constructive, but you want to be regular with it too. There are people who are very, very active and the more active they are, the more that people find out about them and will follow them. Remember that you can have your personal account. That's where I interact more, but I do promote the podcast there, even though I have the podcast page. But I think Daryl Harrison from Just Thinking Podcast, his personal account is a great example of a popular Twitter account. And one thing Daryl does a lot of, he retweets a lot of people. And I actually have Daryl as one of my favorites because he always posts very interesting articles. And so you want to do things like that. Don't just post about your podcast. Maybe if your podcast is about breeding golden retriever puppies and you, you know, find articles, maybe you put lots of articles about golden retrievers on there also, not just about your podcast. And then you get people who are interested in golden retrievers that follow you because they want to see those articles and then they learn about the podcast. You know, I know that a friend of mine who gets asked quite a bit, Jay Warner Wallace gets asked because he really has built a very good platform and people will ask him how he did this. And one of the things he will tell people is he's constantly on Twitter, constantly reposting others. He posts 70-30 rule. 70% of what he posts is reposts from other people. He listens to a lot of articles or a lot of podcasts. He will read a lot of blog articles. He's constantly getting inundated with stuff that he's reviewing and whenever he finds something he likes he shares it it's that 70 30 rule that so much of the material he's putting out there is not his own this is a gotcha with podcasters they're always promoting themselves only and it gets tiresome be promoting others as well use that 70 30 rule if you look at at as you mentioned with daryl Maybe that's why Daryl became the dean of social media for Grace to You, because he's got a great social media presence because of this. And he does the same 70-30 rule. So I want to talk about shareable content because you want people to retweet you. You want people to share things that you post on your Facebook page. And so there are a lot of different uh programs you can use to create graphics, to make memes or to post quotes and things like that. And there are several on the computer. And there are also some apps. It's, so many of us are on our smartphones most of the time. So there are several different apps. And the one that I'll recommend, and I actually pay, I paid a small amount to get the, to be able to get all of the content. And that is Word Swag. And so Word Swag is a great one. You can use whatever background you want. You can put whatever quote. They have all a ton of different fonts you can use and different. you can use different color lettering and all sorts of things. And then you always want to put your logo. You want to have a PNG file. So it's your logo with a transparent background that you can add to that after you make a graphic. So make graphics that people want to share. If, if you're a you know, a podcast about theology, a certain kind of theology, you might do quotes from different theologians that would fit in with that, that your listeners would like and that they would share. And you'll also, as you do that, as your page grows, you'll figure out what sorts of things that tend to get people to share them on their own. Because this, you're not offering anything. People might just say, oh, I really like that quote. I'm going to share it on my page or I'm going to share it to a group. I've gone in Facebook groups and seen 
some of our graphics shared. And so word swag is a good one. Um, PixArt is another one. And then the other thing is audiograms and headliners is my favorite uh, program to use right on the computer. I, I use the free version. And what I do is I take a clip from the podcast and I just put our logo or another picture and I, it's basically a, a little video. It's a one minute clip from our podcast episode and that gets people excited about the ep- episode. You so when I'm editing, I will save if I hear, ooh, that's a good clip. I'll save that. And I um, open up another page on Audacity and I just save all the clips. And then I choose a couple of them and I can make these audiograms, these little videos and put those out there. I just did one this week and you know several people shared it. So that's another thing that you want to do for shareable content. Let me talk about the graphics because... The power of a good graphic. I had was speaking at a conference, and I had someone that grabbed a quote of something I said. He put my picture on it, put the quote on it, and he put it out there with his logo for his ministry that he had. Now, this thing went everywhere. And because he had my picture and my name and the quote, I literally was out in London, and I had someone walk up to me and recognize me because they shared that post. And they recognized me from the picture and they walked up and said, are you Andrew Rappaport? I was like, you know, which always makes me nervous. Like, how do you know? Did you see America's Most Wanted? But, you know, he immediately recognized it. Why? Because in England, he was sharing that post that went, I think, thousands of people had shared that from that guy's site. And that's something that you get a really good quote like that. And it literally goes around the world. So you can even take a quote from your podcast episode that maybe one of your guests says, or even you or your co-host says, and you can make a graphic out of that. I've not done that yet. I always feel a little funny quoting myself, but... Are you um, saying you haven't said anything memorable? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask other people that. Uh, You have said some memorable things on your podcast. I, I will verify that you have. Because I I know this because I actually keep some of them around. Here's an example. We try not to make stuff up on this podcast. So yes, we I guess we do. That that would be pretty funny though, Andrew, doing a graphic that says we try not to make stuff up on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe I should do a graphic with that. One of the things that to get your name out there is sometimes you motivate people to share things. So this is something that we do a lot, and that is social media contests. A lot of times if we have an author on, the author will say, I'll give you three copies of my book to give away. And so what we do is you can do this on Twitter and you can do this on Facebook. And sometimes if I have two books, I'll do one on each or I'll do one on Twitter and two on Facebook. And so I'll post the episode and um, we'll say, you know, to enter to win a free copy of this book, you need to like our page, you need to share this post, and you need to comment on this post. And then what I do is I use a, a random number generator. So let's say 50 people enter the contest on Facebook. I've got one through 50 and I do the random number number generator and it says 33. So the 33rd person will win that book. An easy way to get a random number generator is just say to your, you know, hey, whatever device, we don't want to say the name out. Give me a random number between one and 50. And you can do that too. So there you go. Or you can say to one of your children, pick a number between one and 50, which I have also done before. (laughs) So, uh, that that's a way to get people to share your posts and then their friends see it. And that gets your name out there and people will say, Oh, I haven't seen this podcast before. I'm going to check it out. Cause a lot of times a podcast, you'll have a group of friends that will all listen. You know, that if someone's listening to your podcast, chances are they have friends on their Facebook that would be interested in the podcast too. Another way that I think has really contributed to our growth is um, having guests that have an already built platform. So if I have um, Andrew Rappaport on my podcast, for instance. Then you're getting no listens. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's not true. And then Andrew shares the episode on all of his social media. And so now people that follow Andrew go and say, oh, I'm going to check out this episode with Andrew. And then a, a portion of those say, well, I think I really like this podcast. I think I'm going to follow them and listen to more. And that's a great way to um, get some listeners. But let me give you a warning with that, folks, because there are some people who think that if I just get a big name person on my podcast, they're going to share it and I'm going to get a lot of listens. The reality is there's some people who are big name people and they never share even if they're on there. So if you're doing it for that purpose, not for the content they're giving, but for the purpose of sharing, okay, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. But if that is your goal, maybe you want to see if they have a habit of sharing other people's podcasts when they're on there. I would say you want to share it because they have really good content. Don't be doing it just to get the numbers. It should be about content over numbers. Remember what we said about the slow and steady. But one thing is when you are scheduling somebody, you can mention, you know, we ask our guests to share the episode on their social media. And so you can also check with them. But that is a way that you can get people, but you want to make sure they have something interesting for your guests to listen to, to talk about. And you want to give them the podcast when it's ready because they're not, may not be listening for it. So when you get it, if I have someone that's on my podcast, when the episode drops, I will send it out to them in privately and say, Hey, here's the episode that you're on. If you want to listen or share it. And that's, that's what I do. Also, I always, almost always right when I publish the episode, I will share it with our guests privately in their email. Another thing that we have done is joint episodes. So if you have a similar type podcast with somebody, you might be able to do an episode together. So we did this with PressBeeCast and it was very helpful for us. So we did a podcast with four of us together, PressBeeCast and Theology Gals, and we both released it on our feed. Because PressBeeCast at that point was more popular than Theology Gals, they said to us, you release it on your feed first. And so I would recommend that the less popular one release it on their feed first, then the more popular one release it on, on their feed. And doing a joint episode, then we had a lot of Theology Gals that hadn't heard of PressBeeCast and started listening to PressBeeCast because of that. And I think we picked up several listeners too. In fact, it was... Uh, it was a, a month of growth for us when we did the joint episode. And we've done that, you and I, on our show. When we you've dealt with some of the same topics, I remember when you dealt with the topic of Sabbath with Presbyterians is a, is a big deal, or some Reformed folks is a big deal. And I took it from a very different perspective and then had you on. And we, we would do things like that. And sometimes we would even do things together and share them both on our, on our feeds. And I think that's a great way. And the other thing is one thing, that's really important to us at the Christian podcast community. And you'll probably notice that this, even in the episodes, Andrew does a great job of this. And that is promoting other podcasts, even podcasts that are not part of the Christian podcast community. Because when we're Christian podcasts, we have the same goal in mind, you know, getting the gospel out there and encouraging other believers for the glory of God. And so we want to support and help other podcasts. You know, and that is true because when we talk about social media and we talk about building your audience, there are some that make it all about me. And we have to be mindful of that. Like we said with that 70-30 rule, the same is true with your podcast. If everything on your podcast is about promoting self and everything you do on social media is about promoting self, everyone notices that about you. I know that there are a lot of people that promote my Rap Report podcast because they know I'm constantly promoting them and they just, they, they, I don't know if they feel obligated, but they listen, they like it. And when they have opportunities, they're mentioning it, not because there's some contractual obligation. It's because I'm constantly mentioning them. They're constantly mentioning me. I will promote podcasts, by the way, in fun ways as well. There's the theology driven guys and folks who listen to my podcast kind of know there's this back and forth with their podcast and my podcast where I joke that they're not really driving in the car. They're in a studio and they're just doing a soundboard. I joke with that, but there's a lot of people that go out and listen to their podcast just to see 
if they're really in a car and I'll have people that'll email me and go, I think they're really in a car. And I will say that I'll never going to actually admit if they're, I think they are in a car because it's just, it, it's a fun way to get people to go to their podcast and check it out and they listen and then they start liking it. I think it's so important for us as Christians to remember, I'll, I'll quote the Westminster Shorter Catechism question. Because you're a Presbyterian. One, right. Um, what is the chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy him forever? And our goal should be to glorify God with our podcast. That should be our first and foremost goal. Not getting numbers, not having people pat us on the back and tell us how great we are, but it should be to glorify God. But you do do a pretty good show, Colleen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So let's talk about advertising because this is a question. In fact, somebody just messaged me this week and said, no, my podcast isn't growing very much. And should I advertise? And there are some inexpensive and there are some expensive ways that you can advertise. One thing that I have taken advantage of is Facebook advertising. So if you have a really important show and you think a lot of people will be interested in it, that would be a great one to advertise. And you can even spend $3 or $5. And then Facebook does have a great algorithm for finding people that would fit in with your show. And so that's something I know when I got my page, I'm not sure why, but the reason that I even thought to do some is Facebook sent me something and said, we're giving you $30 in free advertising. So I utilized that. And a lot of people saw the post. A lot of people liked the post. We got a lot of comments too. So that that's an inexpensive way that you can advertise. You can say, I want to spend a dollar a day for a week. I mean, Facebook has it set up pretty easily on there. Um, I have never done the Twitter advertising, but I know that Twitter also does advertising. And I know of one podcast that has done well with Twitter advertising. Now, I've used the Twitter advertising and it's very simple. It's, uh, it's almost as simple as Facebook. I think Facebook gives you that advantage that you can really tune your audience. You can set an audience for specific things, specific keywords, and you can save that audience so you can go back to it. And that's a nice thing to be able to do with it. And I think the advertising, now some people are going to go, well, I really don't have that much money. Well, some of the advertising could be very inexpensive because you get to set the budget and that can become helpful. But make sure if you're going to put out advertising, Make sure that what the post that you're advertising doesn't have spelling mistakes. It doesn't have like the iTunes link. Make sure it goes back to something like your website. There was a podcaster who was putting an iTunes link and he did an advertisement and he got up into the top 200 in, in iTunes. And then because of, of keyword stuffing, iTunes kicked him out. He paid for all this advertising for a link now that didn't exist because he was kicked out of iTunes. He got put back in, but for that time he's paying for advertising that had a link that no one could get to. So think about that. When you do that, you want to make sure you're, you're giving something that is, will not disappear on you. And we always suggest that you don't use the iTunes link when you're posting your podcast because there's a lot of Android users out there. And so you really want to do a link to your website and your website should have, you know, where someone can subscribe on iTunes or CastBox or Spotify and, and all of those places. But it's best to lead people to your website. Wait, do we really care about Android users? Well, we do because I'm a diehard Android user. So <laughs> so we should care about Android users. All of the Sharps are Android users. You know, uh, we, talking about Facebook and Twitter, there is a one other place that a lot of people don't think to advertise. And that is on podcast apps themselves. Ones like 
Stitcher and CastBox and these others, you can actually advertise in them so that they will promote your podcast. Now, where are they promoting it? They're promoting it to people who already consume podcasts. Well, that's a natural audience. You could do it on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, many people do listen to podcasts on Facebook and Twitter, but not all of them. But on a podcast app, you're dealing with people that actually do consume podcasts already. So it's, it is giving you the key demographic that you really want, podcast listeners. So you could go to different podcast apps and get advertising on there. Another thing you can do is run a commercial on other podcasts. And so there's a couple of different options here. One thing I have done is I've done a commercial swap with another podcast. Right now, I played a commercial for someone and we kind of did a little bartering. He he does a lot of graphic design and some other work. And I said, well, I'll play your commercial. And he said, what can I help you with? And I said, well, you know, what you could do for me is, you know, help me, uh, you know, create this over here. And so that his podcast is brand new and he doesn't have a lot of listeners playing commercial on of theology gals might not be helpful, but he can help me with other things. So bartering is a great thing to do, but doing commercial swaps is a great thing, or you can pay someone. So there's different ways to figure that out. I'll put a link in the episode notes on um, how to figure out costs. And it's, it has to do with how many um, thousand downloads somebody gets on an episode in the first 30 days. And then it's fairly inexpensive unless you're doing a really popular podcast, but maybe you're just starting out and there's a podcast that's getting 10,000 downloads a month or something like that. And you can work something out and pay them a small amount. In fact, someone starting out a podcast came to us and said, how much would you charge to um, play a commercial for our podcast? And so that that's another great option. And one thing I'm thinking about as we're talking is people may be thinking, how do I get money to cover these things? And we're going to do a whole episode down the road about making money with podcasting. You're probably not going to make a full-time income with podcasting unless you just have this remarkable podcast that's going to get a million views or a million downloads a month. And so starting out, I always recommend that people start a Patreon. And if you don't know what Patreon is, you people can support you monthly. So we have people that support us $3 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month. And that adds up and that pays for our hosting. That pays for new equipment. That pays for buying books for giveaways. And so that's one way that you can earn money. And you can also um, set up a PayPal. So on our website, there's a link for Patreon. There's a link for PayPal. And some people don't like Patreon, but in PayPal, people can set up to give monthly. So that's an, that's an option also. And there's some different options out there. I know one gal that set it up through her website that people can, can give monthly. And then the other thing is as you get more popular, we make um, a bit of money on merchandise and we do it very simply. I do all of our merchandise through Teespring, then I don't have to do anything. I'm, I made the shirts and the mugs and the whatever else that we have, and I just get the money when people buy them. And so there are some inexpensive ways to set those things up. You know, Colleen, you're showing your age because everyone Uh-oh. that's hip nowadays knows that it's not called merchandise. It's just called it's merch. Merch. Yeah, I know. I'm getting old. I won't say how old that is. 25. Yeah, except for I have a son that's going to be 23. But yeah. Well, hey, my math isn't so good these days. <laughs> um, yeah. So now now everyone knows we're not we're not young ones here. But I, I hope that some of these things will be helpful for you. I don't overwhelm yourself with trying to implement too many things at once. So, you know, start with something small and then add another small thing. And also Find people that are willing to help you that believe in what you're doing. And you might have, I had somebody in the beginning that said, I'll make some graphics for you and just decided to help us. And so 
you know, there might be people out there. I kind of think of the admins of the Theology Gals group as kind of my team, and they're such a great help. And so you might have people that just believe in what you're doing and want to support you in that way. Maybe they can't give financially, but maybe they say, hey, I'd love to help you in other ways. And take advantage of that. It's great to have people that support you and work with you. We want to help you build an audience. Basically, this is marketing your podcast. And we've discussed make a podcast that people want to listen to. Be realistic about your numbers. Get your name out there on social media and places. And then how to do advertising. So we hope to see how you're going to build your podcast audience. But remember, it doesn't happen overnight. Go for the slow and steady. Go for the year, two year, three year plan. Because when you've been doing it for a long time, you're going to see you're going to keep getting slow growth. Maybe three, four years down the road, you're going to look back and go, wow, I am getting so many numbers. I couldn't believe it. So this is how to build your podcast. So, Colleen, we have a new podcast that's joined the Christian podcast community. It's called Blue Stocking Baptist. I know. I don't even know what a Blue Stocking Baptist is, but it's a great podcast. Well, they actually discussed that on one of their early episodes. If anyone goes back and binges and gets their early episodes, because they talk about what a Blue Stocking Baptist is. But, so I'm not going to ruin that, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I actually did hear that episode, but because I'm getting old, my memory isn't what it used to be. <laughs> so Blue Stocking Baptist is a podcast, well, kind of like Theology Gals, but from a better theological position, you know, the Baptist one, not the Presbyterian. The wrong one. The wrong one. <laughs> you could tell which one of us is the Baptist here. So Blue Stocking Baptist is a, a great podcast. They've been doing a lot of great episodes, and they've recently joined the Christian podcast community. So, In fact, let me just add to that, that they've done some episodes on Mormonism that are excellent, and they do all sorts of topics, but that's been a recent series that they've been working on. And so if you want to know more about Mormonism, they have some really great, great information on that. It's one that you may want to check out. 